Get ready, everyone. It's time for Bug Juice. Where we teach you everything you need to know about antibiotics for the pediatric boards. This is our first episode of a recurring segment called Bug Juice, where we're going to teach you everything you need to know about antibiotics. Just like cootie shots and milestone minute, this will be recurring on every episode until we've covered everything you need to know. Each episode will hopefully for every antibiotic class tell you the mechanism of action, some common drugs in that class of antibiotics, which bacteria they cover, common indications, side effects, and contraindications. Hopefully it will be short, but it won't be as short as milestone minute because that's only a minute and I can't talk that fast. So let's get started with the mother of antibiotics, penicillin. Penicillin is the first in a larger class of antibiotics, and we will go through all of them eventually, but it is um, part of the beta-lactam antibiotic group. And basically what this means is that it has a beta-lactam ring, and it actually, the mechanism of action is that it uh, affects cell wall synthesis of bacterium. So that beta-lactam ring actually gets incorporated as one of an amino acid for the bacteria and it gets incorporated into the bacterial cell wall. And so it then destabilizes the cell wall. So the basically then the wall of the bug like breaks open and dies. So I know that's very scientific, but it's true. From that mechanism, you should be able, be able to realize that this is actually bacterial cytal, which means it actually kills the bacteria. It doesn't just stop its growth. Some common drugs in this class from basically simple to complicated is kind of how I think of it, which isn't really true, but the first is penicillin, so Pen-G, and then amoxicillin and ampicillin, which is the IV version, uh, zosin, which I know people hate me about, but that's um, piperacillin, tazobactam, and then amoxicillin, clavulinic acid, which is on the... Um, same thing with unison, zosin, and augmentin, which are the trade names. Sorry for all the other people in other countries. I'm not very good at the uh, scientific names. Anyways, when you think about indications for just regular old penicillin, think staph and strep. That's kind of the biggest ones, but the other ones actually is pastorella, and that's important for dog and cat bites. So that's one of the things that's very uh, common to be used for. Dogmentin, which is amoxicillin, uh, clavulinate, clavulinate, uh, which is the trade name um, Augmentin, which is why we call it Dogmentin. If you remember that, it's for dog and cat bites as well as human bites. And that's because it has good coverage for Pastorella. Penicillin also has very good coverage for Neisseria and that's why um, it actually is uh, sensitive and it's actually used for meningitis. Ampicillin, again, is a little bit you kind of think about it a little bit more covered than the penicillin. It's just a kind of a step up from regular penicillin. Ampicillin and then amoxicillin is the um, oral version. But ampicillin uh, is all the same stuff that penicillin covers, plus E. coli, H. influenza, salmonella, shigella, proteus. And so that, if you think about that, is it has more gram-negative rods, whereas regular penicillin is mostly gram-positive. If you go to ampicillin, you actually get some gram-negative rod coverage, and that's why it's first line for pediatric urinary tract infections. Uh, zosin, or piperacillin tazobactam, is actually the only penicillin that covers pseudomonas, and it also has good coverage for other gram-negatives as well. So I think about zosin for pseudomonas and for intra-abdominal infections, so it does cover your E. coli's and all the same things that ampicillin does. 
Plain old penicillin is the drug of choice for dental infections, group A strep, syphilis, and even meningococcal meningitis when you know it's meningococcal meningitis. So remember that initially you're not going to know that if you're treating them for bacterial infection uh, meningitis, so you'll cover them more broadly. But if you have a culture back, it's actually um, very susceptible to penicillin, which uh, means you can often uh, de-escalate your antibiotics, which everyone loves to do. Uh, ampicillin is a drug of choice for listeria. So that's why ampicillin is part of the baby meningitis. If you remember that, because neonates are at increased risk for listeria, so you have to add uh, ampicillin on to cover for meningitis. It's also covers for salmonella. And again, I like I talked about, it's first line for UTIs and enterococcal infections. And again, augment and dogment, dogmentin for dog and cat bites and human bites. One thing that... Um, comes up on boards is that bacteria can become resistant to penicillins. And the way they do this most commonly is through beta they're called beta-lactase producing bacteria. And basically that means they make a penicillinase, which cleaves the beta-lactam ring. And when the bacteria makes the penicillinase, which is literally what it sounds like, like scissors that cut penicillin, they cut that beta-lactam ring and so now that ring can't get incorporated into the structure of the wall. I know this feels like very much like step one. I'm sorry. It's just, it kind of helps to think about it. That's the most common way that a lot of bacteria are resistant to penicillin. When you're treating ear infections, uh, sinusitis, um, pneumonias, you give high dose amoxicillin and augmentant or augmentant, whatever, uh, high dose, the 90 per kilo, because the high dose actually overrides, like it kind of counteracts this penicillinase activity. That differs from MRSA, so methicillin-resistant staph aureus infections. MRSA infections are actually resistant to methicillin, so methicillin-resistant staph aureus, because they interfere, interfere with the penicillin-binding protein not the penicillinase. It's a different mechanism. And so this is not overcome with the higher dose of uh, amoxicillin. This has to have a whole different uh, antibiotic. Most bacteria that are resistant to penicillin, it's through penicillinase. The exception is MRSA for all intents and purposes. The exception is MRSA, which is resistant through the penicillin binding proteins. This does come up a lot on tests. So just try and keep that in your mind. Uh, side effects, basically everyone, you know, says they're allergic. Who knows? I don't know if they are, whatever. Allergy, that's the side effect. Um, and then there is some minimal risk of cross-reactivity with other beta-lactams. So the other beta-lactams, which we will cover on future bug juice episodes, are the cephalosporins and the carbapenems. And so there is some cross-reactivity. And so if you really have someone who's truly severely anaphylactic to penicillins, you might think twice about giving carbapenems and cephalosporins. To be honest, most of us do it a lot. It's just you got to think about it. Uh, and I think that's the big big stuff for penicillin. It's awesome and it works really well and use it when you need to. That's it. <laughs>